In the month of Ramadan that we hear some talk, some bayan, or some talk is given in the masjid, then this is a statement that will normally always be made. And together with that, this too will normally always be said, that how many people were here last year, and they are not here around this year to witness this Ramadan. So there were people who heard this statement last year also, but perhaps they didn't think it applied to them. They are not around this year too. Hear it again. We are listening to it now. We don't know whether it will apply to us even before the end of this Mubarak month. We don't know whether we will see the next Ramadan. So, Like people previously didn't think it applied to them, or maybe they thought, but generally the mind doesn't think it to be something that will happen to me. This is something that we always tend to feel that I still have a long time left. Whereas it could very well apply to us very soon. So therefore we need to appreciate every second, every moment of this Mubarak time that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. Apply ourselves and focus ourselves properly so that we gain the maximum of this Mubarak month. What is the object and purpose of this month? We have heard repeatedly Allah Ta'ala has made the Mubarak month of Ramadan the month to acquire the wealth of taqwa. What is this taqwa all about? There are various ways in which this taqwa is defined, in which this taqwa is explained. Lama Qurtubi Rahmatullah he explains it in a very unique way. He says that this taqwa is actually mending the relationship with Allah Ta'ala. There is a relationship between the servant, the slave and his creator. And rectifying this relationship. When there is a genuine relationship, between parent and child, for example. The child is forever at the side of the parent to do whatever can be done to serve the parent in every way possible. And if there is a half-hearted relationship, then the child is asking, what is my duty? I did my duty. If I fulfill my duty, then now what more? When there is a relationship, then there isn't the question of what is my responsibility and duty and that's where it ends. And if the relationship is even weaker than that, then even the duties and responsibilities also are not given any consideration. Then everything falls by the wayside. But if there is some degree of relationship, little bit, then one will worry about the duties and responsibilities. But if it is a genuine relationship between spouses, for example, now there is a genuine relationship of muhabbat, of love, of understanding. So now that wife, she doesn't just prepare something very, very basic and present it anyhow. 
she now goes out of her way to present it in a very good way, to present that meal with all the extras. So all this she does out of the expression of love. Likewise, taqwa is the mending of the relationship with Allah Ta'ala. When a person truly has this link and bond with Allah Ta'ala, then he doesn't feel that I perform my five times salah now, so now I'm a super Muslim, what more am I asked to do now? What am I required to do? There's nothing left for me to do. Why should I be now exerting myself in anything? When there is this true bond with Allah Ta'ala, then no matter how much a person exerts oneself, that too is regarded as still insignificant and little. Regarded as nothing, that I have done nothing. person performed salah the whole night and says, I don't think I have done anything. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who could have reached anywhere close to one fraction of his rank? Yet, after doing everything to the highest extent, he still expresses it in this way, Ma abadnaaka haqqa ibadatik. Ya Allah, we have not worshipped you the way you should be worshipped. We have not fulfilled the right of your worship. Ma arafnaaka haqqa ma'arifatik. There cannot be a, an arif anywhere close to one fraction of the ma'arifat that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had. Yet he says, Ya Allah, we have not recognized you like you should be recognized. So this is what Ramadan has come to give us, that we acquire this wealth of taqwa and mend our relationship with Allah Ta'ala. Then this will not be something confined to just trying to get the salah done. One is to perform the salah in a way that this is my communication with Allah Ta'ala. And the other is just to get it done with. That this must just be over now, I fulfilled what I was supposed to do. So to just get something off the head. Not something getting off the head, but there is this relationship that a person will be waiting for that moment. That I can now communicate again with Allah Ta'ala. Then he will be waiting for those moments to recite the Qur'an Sharif. When there is an opportunity to do so. When the opportunity is not there to perform Salah and to be reciting Qur'an Sharif, person is engaged in their work, the tongue will still keep engaged in some zikr, remembering Allah Ta'ala. People repeat the names of somebody they have great attachment to. Yes, every now and then, again they are repeating that name. What can be anybody else? Allah Ta'ala is the creator, he is our sustainer, he is our nourisher, he is our most beloved, he is the one who is keeping us going, so we should be remembering him most. So now some zikr, some tasbih will be on our tongues. So in any case, this Mubarak month of Ramadan has been given to us for this taqwa. Now, as we said, this taqwa is mending the relationship with Allah Ta'ala. In the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala has given certain prescriptions of how to acquire this taqwa. Taqwa is the objective, this is the goal, but there are certain prescriptions of how to get there. So in one ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala gives us one prescription. Ya ayyuhalladheena aamanu attaqullaha wal tanzur nafsum ma qaddamat lighad. Wattaqullaha. Inna allaha khabirun bima ta'amaloon. Allah Ta'ala says, O you who believe, fear Allah. So that's the same command of taqwa. What this month of Ramadan is for. Allah Ta'ala is saying, fear Allah Ta'ala. Acquire this taqwa. How will you acquire it? Among the various prescriptions, this prescription is being given now. Allah Ta'ala is giving the prescription that, وَالْتَنْزُرْ نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدْ Let every soul ponder, think, reflect, upon what he has sent ahead for tomorrow. This is the tomorrow of the hereafter. 
This is that tomorrow which everyone has to face. Nobody can escape it. So what we are being taught as a prescription for taqwa is the consciousness of akhirat, the remembrance of death. To the extent that we will be conscious of akhirat, we will remember death. To that extent, this will drive us to be obedient to Allah Ta'ala and to stay away from every disobedience. If a person was told 100% written and given to him, the angel of death has come and given him the notification that in five minutes time I am going to take you. A person has got five minutes to learn. If this was, it doesn't happen in that way, but just by example, if supposing this had, had to happen, that the angel of death had come and given somebody notification, five minutes time I am coming. What will be the way he will conduct himself in that five minutes? He will be a different person. Five minutes, now anybody will say, well, five minutes, forget five minutes, if the angel of death had to come and say for certain that you have got five months left, those five months will be spent in a very different way. And forget five months, even five years, if there was a confirmed notification, you've got five years left. Five years looks like a long time. When a person is given 100% certain, you've got five years on the dot. Every moment now is cutting down, whereas that person could be gone in five seconds also. Just by example, if he was given five years notification, would this person now be planning for 50 years? Would he be planning for six years? He would stop planning for five years also. He'll stop planning for one year also. He'll only be planning for the accurate. He'll only be doing what he can to build his abode of the hereafter. Imam Shafi Rahmatullah one couplet of his, he says, وَلَيْسَ لِلْمَرْءِ دَارٌ بَعْدَ الْمَوْتِ يَسْكُنُهَا إِلَّا الَّتِي كَانَتْ قَبْلَ الْمَوْتِ يَبْنِيهَا That a person has got absolutely no abode which he will live in in the hereafter. There's no abode for him. There's no house, there's no palace, there's no hut, there's nothing except Except that abode which he was building for himself before death. The abode that he built for himself before death, that is the abode that he could live in after death. Then he says, فَإِن بَنَاهَا بِخَيْرٍ فَابَ مَسْكَنُهَا That if he built a good abode for himself, then he will enjoy living in it. If he built a abode in Jannat, then he will enjoy the bounties of Jannat. وَإِنْ بَنَاهَا بِشَرِّنْ خَابَ بَانِيهَا But if he built an abode for himself in Jahannam Allah forbid, then he has destroyed himself. So this is the time of building. Building, building for the Akhirat. Building the abode of the hereafter. Building the abode in Jannat. So when a person is sure he's got five years left, he's got no time to be building for dunya now. Though he's got five years, now what is Five years, we don't have a guarantee of five seconds. Five years is a long time. We don't have the guarantee for the next moment. So when a person is conscious of this death, then it could come in one moment. Just now, while discussing in the masjid, we mentioned two aspects that happened very recently. One was about three weeks ago, that one lady just merely got a little flu in Durban. And the doctor just, because she got, became weak, so, he said, look, we'll just put you in hospital because you need a drug just to get the energy back. So, they put her in hospital around middle of the day, just to now get a drug done and then to go home. 
So some people ask the uh, phone, some family person also asked, they heard so and so is in hospital. So he replied and said, well, it's not like she's dying or something. Just one drug they're going to put. But by the end of the day, she had already passed away. Suddenly she just passed away. And she was gone. The whole family was left in shock. A young person, little children. And time came, she was gone. Just a little flu. Who feels anything that this flu is going to become the last or fatal? But life came and went. And one lady passed away a few days ago. This was on Sunday, the last Sunday. And she woke all her children up for Fajr Salah, which was a normal habit. All children who are married, they are living in the same yard. So she phoned everybody, which was a normal practice, got everybody up for Salah. Then she got ready for her Fajr. And as she was in her Fajr Salah, she collapsed and passed away. Hafiz Qasim Parasab's mother. Subhanallah, what a Mubarak death. And one of the sons said to me that from the time we were five, six years old, my mother made us namazis. I said, Alhamdulillah, he is now probably in his forties. He said, Alhamdulillah, none of us, none of the brothers or sisters, any of the children have one qaza also. I said, this is only the effort of my mother and her direction and guidance. Now, this was her concern. This was how she trained her children. This was the value she instilled in them. This was the importance of salah that she ingrained in them. Allah Ta'ala took her also in a time when she was in her salah. Subhanallah, can we imagine? This is a kind of debt to die for, as they say. A debt to envy. Everybody has to go. What a wonderful way to go. In salah. But, that is the life she learned. That is the importance she gave to salah. Allah Ta'ala took her in that way. So this is the reality of life. That it could go in one moment. And therefore Allah Ta'ala is giving us this prescription for taqwa. That we want to acquire taqwa, we need to become conscious of akhirat. We need to remember death. And this requires that we give time, dedicated time, to sit and remember death. We have time to think of so many things. We sit around and think about far away things. But daily we should be thinking about death. Three minutes, five minutes to visualize our own, our own death, the whole picture of our death. Like a person now is sitting, thinking, pondering, each one of us thinking about our own death, that now the time has come, I am on my deathbed. I have moments left, minutes left. People are sitting around, they can already see that this person is now mehman, this person is going. And maybe somebody is crying, somebody is saying something, somebody is trying to do something. But nothing can save us now, and time has come for us to leave, and we can actually feel now the roof when it leaves the person, it starts leaving from the feet. The feet start becoming limp, then it comes up to the knees, and it moves upwards. So now a person can actually feel, now in the mind, we can feel many things. In the, on a hot day, a person can feel cold, feel cool, by thinking of something very cool. How a person applies the mind? To the extent that a person can apply the mind correctly, he can start feeling those things. So in the mind we can start feeling this. As if my body is getting lump. The life is ebbing away. Now, there's so many things. My, I want to start saying something. But my tongue is already tied. I want to ask somebody for forgiveness. I said this to you. I did that to you. But I, can, I can't say anything. Now to imagine this. To actually visualize it in our mind. 
But now I'm trying to say something, but my tongue is tied. I can't say a word. I can't ask my parents for forgiveness. I can't ask my spouse for forgiveness. My children for forgiveness. Any other person. I would want to try and send one message to somebody far away. Please forgive what I said or what I did. But now it's too late. I can't move a finger. And I want to make qaza of my salah. The salah that I missed. I'm thinking I wish I had made my salah qaza. But now it's too late. I can't do that. Then the thought is crossing my mind. I didn't even, didn't even make my will out. There's abundance of people which I haven't even marked properly. And if I now am going to go away, they won't even know that this belongs to somebody else. All these things are crossing the mind. But my tongue is tied. My hands are not moving. My fingers are not moving. I can do nothing. Now the life has actually left me. I'm now gone from dunya. The soul has left. I'm a lifeless body. And the soul has left me. Now I'm being carried and the husl is being given to me. I'm a lifeless body in the hands of those who are giving husl to me. Now the kafan has been put on to me. I'm lying there in the middle with the kafan on. People are sitting around, whatever the scene may be at that time. Now I've been carried to the Qabristan. My janaza salah is taking place. To imagine the scene of now I'm being lowered into that grave. I can now feel the cold floor of the grave under me. And now I can feel the darkness of the grave enveloping me as those planks are being put into place. Now I can hear the tons of sand falling onto those planks. Now it's me alone in my grave. The angels of, the angels of, uh, are going to come and going to question me. Munkar and Nakir, Man Rabbuk, Ma Deenuk, Ma Taqulu Rajul, Who is your Rabb? What was your Deen? What do you have to say regarding Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? These questions are going to be asked now. And then it's the day of Qiyamah. I'm going to be asked all the questions of how I lived my life, what I did with my eyes, what I did with my hands, what I did with my tongue, what I did with my feet, all, every lump of the body, what I did with my heart. Do I have the answers? Am I ready for that time? Having visualized this whole scene of death, then to come back, so to say, open one's eyes, Alhamdulillah, Allah that I still blessed me with life. I'm now making sincere tawbah. I will now live a life, inshallah, away from every fitna, every sin. I will live a life according to the commands of Allah. This is an opportunity Allah has given me. I'm back with this extra time, this bonus. I don't know how long it will last, but now I'm going to bring my life in line. So when daily we will make a practice of this, remembering this death daily, then at the time of temptation, when shaitan and nafs are tempting a person to commit haram, provided that this is a daily practice, we have strengthened this muraqaba, this meditation of death, then at that time when the temptation strikes, this whole picture of death will flash back. And the reality of death, that death could come in this moment. Death could come while I'm engaged in this haram. Death could come and I could slump in front of the screen where all this haram is now flashing around and people are going to come and find me lying dead here and this is still playing in front of me is this the way I want to go? people will find me engaged in some other haram so when a person will strengthen this meditation of death and this will become deep down into his heart then when he is being tempted when nafs and shaitan are pushing him towards haram this whole thing will flash back and inshallah, summa inshallah, this will become a great 
help in him refraining from the haram. He will now be afraid to continue forward because this is strong, provided we have strengthened it. So we need to spend time daily, sometime, three minutes, five minutes, morning, evening, remembering death, reflecting upon our death. Unfortunately, when there is a janaza, there is a mayyad, we are attending a funeral, even at that time we are seeing somebody lying there who is now lifeless. It is a janaza, the janaza is as if it is saying, as if the janaza is saying, don't be very, very astonished about my condition. Don't be astonished about my condition, because just now I was like you. Just now, I was like you. I was also walking, I was talking, I was laughing, I was joking, I was planning ahead, I was thinking of all the, what else I'm going to do, what kind of designs I'm going to make, what kind of fashion I'm going to now buy, and what kind of other things I'm going to end up in. I was also planning all that. But now I'm here. So don't be very amazed at my situation. I was also just like you just now. And soon you'll be like me also. Just recently I was like you. And very soon you'll be like me also lifeless. So every janaza is giving this message. But unfortunately, we attend a funeral, we sit around sometimes the mayyid, we see the person having gone, we see how people around are now grieved and crying. But even at that time, we don't remember our death. Even at that time, we don't reflect, tomorrow I will be lying there like that. So this is one of the essential things to be remembering our death, to be thinking of death. Then the second prescription the Quran Shari gives us. So this is the first prescription. Now this is the syllabus of Ramadan. The syllabus of Ramadan is taqwa. And these are the prescriptions of how to acquire taqwa. So in this Mubarak month, this must become our daily practice. MashaAllah, in the Mubarak month of Ramadan, everybody becomes conscious of ibadat. We make motil out of the Quran Sharif, Nafil Salah. At the time of Seri, we are taking the opportunity and we should take the opportunity of performing tahajjud as well. Normally throughout the year sometimes it becomes difficult, but Ramadan becomes very easy. We wake up for Seri, that is tahajjud time. That is the best time for dua. The most effective dua is the dua of the time of tahajjud. Many a person who was in great difficulty sometimes in one way or the other, whatever it was, Finally the person himself came and he said, Alhamdulillah, after these du'as at the time of tahajjud, I can see everything just falling into place. So, this is a very effective uh, the time for du'a, very, very precious time for du'a. So, we will engage in that, tilawat, nafil, etc. But together with that, we need to fulfill those prescriptions that will develop this taqwa. In this Mubarak month of Ramadan, fix the time. At certain time, I'm going to dedicate for the meditation of death. I'm going to spend this next three minutes visualizing my entire death. I'm going to visualize that I'm gone and I'm not buried. What next? As we discussed and as we described the whole scene, to give time for this daily. This is our prescription for Ramadan. And thereafter also. But this is mainly in the month of Ramadan to acquire this taqwa. So this was the first prescription that the Quran gave us. Then the second prescription, there are many, many prescriptions, but just some of these things that we are discussing now. The second prescription for acquiring this taqwa. Allah Ta'ala says, Ya Allah. O you who believe, fear Allah. Again, the same command of taqwa. The same command of taqwa, that taqwa which we have been given this month of Ramadan to acquire. 
Allah Ta'ala says, Oh, you believe, fear Allah. How? What is the prescription? This is a prescription. The crux of this is, and control your tongue. Control your tongue, speak that which is pleasing to Allah Ta'ala. Don't speak that which is going to earn the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. We lose our ibadat, we lose our tahajjud, we lose our tilawat, we lose our zikr and tasbihat, we lose all the good deeds that we do, very often through the tongue. Person spends sometimes hours making tilawat of the Quran Sharif. And then, for a few minutes thereafter, person gets engaged in ghibat. And this ghibat just carries on there. And as a result, all the tilawat, all the du'as, all the tasbihat, the zikr, everything is lost. It's all passed on to somebody else. Mawana Umar Padam Purisa, he says his mother used to train them when they were little children. Now this is a mother who had a vision that my child needs to have the right values. Unfortunately, values are now becoming different. Values have everything to do with material things. Well, and fashion. One person was rushing home. He had something under his arm and he was rushing home. Somebody saw him rushing home. Well, they saw him running in a big haste, big hurry. Told him, take it easy, why are you running like this? You fall down something. He says, no, I just bought the latest fashion and design for my wife. But I'm rushing home so that before the fashion changes, at least I'll get it home. Maybe before I reach home, the fashion might change. Then she'll send me back. And then I'll keep in this checker. This is a checker. This is just... This fashion just makes us become the slaves of other than Allah Ta'ala. Now, this, what, what is the latest? I must have the latest. Now, the latest that we had before that is still not even late yet. It just came now, not even late since it came. And now there's something latest that will carry on. They will keep bringing something so-called latest to take the money out of the pockets of people. And a hype will be created around it and so-called celebrities will be used to make this something in the eye of the public. The whole bottom line merely is to make people part with their money. That's all. Nothing else. The fashion will keep changing just to take people's good, hard-earned money and get it wasted in all this. And then there will be tons of garments and clothing and even the cloak will become a fashion symbol and has become a fashion symbol. And this will just go on and on just in order to make people part from their money and others to have a nice hand. So, values unfortunately are changing to something else. Just in passing, these things I don't think happen here. These things happen all in Durban. So, therefore it might not apply here. But, just two incidents, just to give us some idea of how these values are changing. Both way, some youngster was going to now see some girl for a proposal. So, both fathers now, on different occasions, mentioned this to me. One father says that he took his son somewhere, they went to some family, any case when they now are returning. So the mother asked the son, what do you think? He says, please just call it off, I don't, I don't even think about anything here. So now they were feeling positive about it, he already off the cuff is just rejecting it. Say, well, what happened now? He says, well I spoke to her for two minutes, that too is another question whether they should be speaking in any case. So I spoke to her for two minutes, and in that two minutes, she's already saying that she wants to go to Paris for honeymoon. Now, this is such a crucial step in life. She needs to be ascertaining that is this going to be the right person? 
does he have the right character, is he a responsible person, etc., etc. Such crucial things she needs to be thinking about. In that two minutes, she is insisted in talking about she wants to go to Paris for honeymoon. This is her values. Now, he immediately worked it out that this is a very materialistic person. And life with such a person is going to be very, very difficult. She is going to be putting him in that chakra. He's going to be running with that fashion all the time. And it will change before he gets home. So he's going to be running again. And that is going to be his life. So he decided this is not for me. Then the other person, father says, well, took my son and went somewhere. And he also said, please, I'm not interested here. So what happened? He says, I spoke to her for two minutes. And she wants to know whether I'll go bungee jumping. So now, already he worked out that her life is just chasing some fun, so-called fun. And this so-called fun, this entertainment, life of chasing entertainment, that is not life. Life is not about entertainment. There is some relaxation in life. There is a break that a person takes in life. But unfortunately, people have transformed life to become so-called entertainment, which never happens. It can never happen. And chasing that entertainment only makes a person more miserable. When a person is straight, living an honest life, living an upright life, and sometimes takes some break, some little relaxation within the limits of Sharia, then that becomes a means of refreshing the person also. But when the person tries to make life entertainment, when the person tries to make life just fun, that person's life just keeps becoming more miserable. Because this is artificial. An artificial thing cannot give any satisfaction. It cannot give any contentment. It cannot give any fulfillment. Satisfaction, peace, happiness comes from the creator of happiness, from Allah Ta'ala. So unfortunately, this is becoming values. And this is where our whole dedication, life and time and effort and money, everything is dedicated. And as a result, we just become more miserable. Happiness is in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Allah bidikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. That in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, to the heart get peace, to the heart get happiness, to the heart get contentment and fulfillment. Nowhere else it is to be found. It's only to be found in this one avenue. So, this is what we need to focus on. So, we digress from the point where we are talking about Hazrat Muhammad Paranpuri Sahib He says his mother used to advise them when they were children, when they were young, that look, if you ever want to make ribas, you want to backbite about anybody, then backbite about me. Now, can any one of us as mothers, as fathers, say to our children, look, you want to backbite about anybody, then backbite about me? We have the courage to even say it. Now obviously any child in their right mind is not going to backbite about their parents. Who so just keep talking about the weaknesses of their parents throughout the town. Yes, if they want advice from somebody, they'll mention something somewhere to get the advice of how to conduct themselves, how to handle their own issue with their parents. But they're not going to backbite about their parents. So what was the lesson actually? The lesson was, don't backbite about anybody. He would say to them, you want to backbite about anyone, backbite about me. Why? Because nobody has done for you what I as a mother has done for you. So I am most deserving of your good deeds. Now by making ribas, you are going to be passing over your good deeds to somebody else. So you rather pass it on to me. You want to pass on your good deeds, you rather give it to me because I am most deserving of it. Why give it to somebody else? 
This was a lesson that look, don't ever make ghibat of anybody. Don't ever backbite. Now this is the backbiting, this is the misuse of the tongue. That all the rewards, the thawab that we earn, and in minutes we lose it by means of misusing the tongue. This is something that the tongue just, just doesn't tire. Everything else tires. The hands will get tired, the feet will get tired, the legs will get tired, the eyes will get tired, they start closing also. But many times the person falls asleep too and the tongue still doesn't get tired. The tongue is still sleep talking. The person just carries on talking. People sometimes can't digest their food, still they don't talk at least a good amount. Now, talking what is good, what is within the limits of Sharia, some light-hearted talk also, no problem. But, where the tongue goes out of control, where the tongue starts slipping, Hazrat Luqman gave his tongue advice. On one occasion he told him, over time I have given you 4,000 advices. Can you imagine 4,000 advices over time? And he says, today I am summarizing those into four. I am selecting four from there. Now can you imagine a person of his caliber, his wisdom, gave 4,000 advices, every one would be a priceless gem. Now he's selecting four which will be the cream of the crop. So he selects four advices. And at the top of the list, the first advice he gives him is, When you are among people, look after your tongue. Among people, among anyone, among your own family, among just with your own husband, with your father, with your parents, with your children. Control your tongue, meaning don't say something that you're going to regret. In one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu says, وَلَا Don't say such a thing which you will regret tomorrow. That you will have to now excuse yourself for tomorrow. So say that which will be good. Speak that which will bring happiness. Speak things that will unite, not which will divide. Speak things that will create understanding. That will develop the bonds of relationship. One woman came to one Maulana and she said to him, please give me one Tawi, there's a lot of problems at home. All the time, fighting and arguing and so on. So now the Tawi becomes the quick fix, the fix it all. Anything and everything the Tawi will fix it up. person now is getting involved in some wrong things, some evil, then to Tawi will fix it up. Somebody, anything and everything Tawi will fix it up. So the Tawi will fix it all, which obviously doesn't work like that. Very case she also came to this Mawana for Tawis. So he asked some questions and he worked out what was going on. He said, yes, I got a very effective Tawis. So he brought one bottle of water and he read into it, read and blew into it and said, this is the Tawis now. When you see your husband walking into the house, just when he's still going to walk into the house, immediately take one gulp of this. But for the Tawis to be effective, you must hold it in your mouth for at least 20 minutes. Only after 20 minutes you must swallow it. So now she went home with this very happy, mashallah, she got the tawis. So now that, as the husband was now coming to the driveway, she took this gulp. But now she had to hold it in her mouth. So when the husband walked in, she wanted to say a lot of things, but if she's going to start talking, then this is going to get swallowed. So now the effect of the tawis will go away. So she had to hold it in her mouth so she can't speak anything. So now 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes went. Then she finally swallowed it. But by that time, now she was also calm, the husband, he didn't get any reaction or didn't get any storm that he didn't walk into, which was the usual case, that the whole day's issues now, in one hit now, in something that happened over 
Eight hours, ten hours, she was to give it to him in ten seconds. So now this, he didn't, he didn't experience this, so he was calm, everything went very well. So two, three weeks later she came to the online and said, MashaAllah, Jazakallah, your Tawis really worked wonders. So he then replied and said, I don't even know all this Tawis thing. How this Tawis and all carries on, I don't even know about it. It's all about his place. He said, I merely recited just something and threw in the water. The real Tawis was that you control your tongue. Now when your mouth had to be kept closed, because you couldn't swallow this water, so you kept your mouth closed. So then your husband also was calm. And you started off from the first moment when he was also reacting. So you were the Tawis yourself. The Tawis was keeping your tongue under control. So this is the lesson that we have been given. In the Mubarak month of Ramadan, this is something to focus on. When a person keeps reflecting, what am I saying? Is this correct? Is this the right thing to say? Is it appropriate thing to say? Allah Ta'ala says, say to my servants, they must say that which is best. Is this the best? Is this the right way to say it? So when a person keeps reflecting, why is one reflecting? What is the objective? The objective is that Allah Ta'ala does not become displeased. This is taqwa. This is developing taqwa. So this is what we have to concentrate on. This Mubarak month of Ramadan, number one, give dedicated time, three minutes, five minutes daily, to make this muraqaba of mob, to meditate over death, Visualize our whole death, the whole scene of our death. And the second prescription the Quran Sharif gives us, to control our tongue. This whole Mubarak month, let us focus on this. Let us concentrate on this. That my tongue must be in check. But my tongue must be in control. I'm not going to make rebirth of anybody. I'm not going to speak any evil talk. I'm not going to speak anything that's out of line, futile. Sometimes we are bored now. We need to sit down and discuss just to pass time. That passing time, we don't have to try to make any effort to pass time. Time is going to pass us, and time is passing us. <coughs> we will have to make that time valuable. So, we will talk, obviously, we will talk with our families, we talk with others, but we talk that which is good. We talk that which is beneficial. If we are talking something just to refresh ourselves, just that too well within the limits of Sharia. Totally avoid talking about somebody else. Sometimes we might start off talking good about somebody else. Before we know it, we went into rebirth. So, that particular aspect, just let us cut that out completely. That don't talk about anybody. Unless we 100% we only got something good to say about the person. But if you're not sure that this good talk also might just slip into something else, many times shaitan, that's the start of, mashallah, that person very good, this, that. And somewhere down the line, the butt comes. And as soon as the butt comes, then the whole U-turn happens. But, you know, sometimes she carries on in the way that she's holier than thou. MashaAllah, she's such a pious person and all that. We finish with all, oh, what a good person she is. But, she carries on like she's holier than thou. Finish, we washed everything away. And in that one statement, we gave all our good deeds away to that person. So if this, this fear of this butt coming somewhere, we rather just stop beforehand. Don't even get into that kind of discussion. So, this is the very important aspect for this Mubarak month, that we control our tongue. So one is the meditation of death, the second is controlling our tongue. Then the third prescription the Quran Sharif gives us, Ya ayyuhal ladina amnuttaqullah Again the same command, O you who believe, fear Allah Ta'ala. Acquire this taqwa, acquire this great wealth. How? Wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen 
and be with the truthful. Who are the truthful? Now, this is a prescription. The truthful, Ula'ika alladheena sadaku wa ula'ika humul muttaqoon. In another ayat Allah Ta'ala says, regarding those whom Allah Ta'ala has blessed, that they are the truthful ones, they are the ones who have taqwa. So the sadiqoon and the muttaqoon. They are the people with taqwa. So what we are being taught is, to acquire taqwa, we must be in the right company. In good company. Company of those who have taqwa. Pious company. Now company, one is human company, but that's not every type of company is confined to human company, that's not the case. Anything, a person is reading a book, that's company. A person's phone is company. All these devices are company. A person is sitting, for example, in front of the television. Now what is going to come there? Sometimes some person is walking in most disgusting kind of attire, if it can be called attire. A person is in the company of such a shameless person. There's somebody drinking. For that duration of time, a person is in the company of the person drinking. There's somebody involved in all kinds of immorality and vice at that time. Whether they're acting it out. But that's what they're doing at that moment. So for that duration of time, we're in the company of totally immoral people who are involved in total filth. That's company. Now by the time for that one hour, one and a half hours, two hours, Allah forbid how long person is sitting watching that, watching some movie, watching something else. Now he's in the company of those kind of people for that duration of time. And when he finishes off with that, what does that do to his heart? What will that do to his iman? That company of drinking, sometimes the company of somebody worshipping, committing shirk. Because that's the scene that's there. So now he's in the company of people committing shirk. In the midst of their shirk. He's in the company of people in all kinds of vices. For that one hour, one and a half hours, two hours, he spent in that way, people spent hours and hours. What is the effect of that company going to be? Allah Ta'ala is saying, you want this taqwa, then there's one prescription that you will have to abide by, being in the right company. Being in company that will impact positively on the heart. This is something which Nabi Sallallahu has explained in the hadith, which we perhaps have discussed all these details previously also, that a good friend is like an itar seller, person who sells perfume, itar. You go to the company of such a person, then he will give a gift, he will give a gift of itar, because that's what he possesses, that's what he has. If he doesn't give you a gift you want to buy, you will buy what he has, he has itar, you will buy a good thing. And the least is, because he keeps so much of itar, you will at least get the good fragrance. You will smell the good smell of ether. That too will refresh your mind. So in good company, you will always benefit. In one way or another, you will benefit. And that company, the example Nabi Sallallahu gives is like an ironmonger, blacksmith, person working with that furnace and those fumes. And all the time this is now uh, around him, this fire. Nabi Sallallahu says, in that company, either he will burn you even though he doesn't intend to do it, those sparks will fly. He will burn you. And if he doesn't burn you, you will still smell and breathe those toxic fumes. In evil company, you're going to see the evil that he's holding. He's got his phone in his hand and he's looking at full. You're going to look at it too. You're going to get affected by this. He is up to some other evils, you're going to get affected by it. So, Nabi Islam is emphasizing being in good company. 
The Quran Sharif is giving us that prescription. So this month of Ramadan, let us now be hyper conscious about the company. All the newspapers is not good company. The magazines and all these other things and the media, we shut all of this off. If we don't know the news, it's not going to affect us. We make dua for everybody because after knowing the news also, unfortunately, many of us still don't make dua. We come to know what happened here and there and how the Muslims are suffering and we still don't make dua. So this much, unfortunately, tragically, we are aware that throughout the world, Muslims are in suffering. So that we should just carry on making dua and make more dua. But if we don't know what's going on in particular, the specifics, that is not going to inshallah affect us in any way. We should just keep making dua. But by staying away from all this media, we will save ourselves from many, many things. Let us be smart and shut off that smartphone. All the chatting and all the other evils that go on, let us stay far away from it. This is all company. And we want to get this wealth of taqwa because everything is in this taqwa. Once Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam addressed the Sahaba Ikram and he said to them, that there is one ayat. If people attach themselves to this and they practice on this, like a fathum, this one ayat will suffice for them. One ayat. And what is this? That the one who will adopt taqwa, the one who will adopt taqwa, what this month of Ramadan is given to us from? With taqwa, what will be the effect? Yaj'allahu makhraja. The one who fears Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will give him a way out of every problem. But adopt taqwa first. Bring taqwa in one's life. And the starting point of taqwa is sincere tawbah. Sincerely repent from all the sins. Cry unto Allah Ta'ala. Let the tears of repentance flow. And do some amal. Give some sadaqah. Few hundred rands, thousand rands, depending what we can afford. Ten rands. Give some sadaqah as compensation for the wrong that it was committed. Be of some good, good help and service to somebody. Make ten rakahs, twenty rakahs, nafil, salatu toba. Make istighfar hundred times, two hundred times, five hundred times, deeply from the heart. Astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. Feeling the heart getting washed and clean. From the depth of the heart make istighfar. So, this is the first step to acquiring taqwa. That we make this genuine toba. The sincere tawbah. And repent with a lot of regret and remorse in our heart. Ya Allah, you blessed me with all your bounties. Every moment I was breathing the air that you provided for free. Ya Allah, I ate your nourishment. The food you provided. And I got the energy from your bounties. And then I used this energy to disobey you. Ya Allah, how ungrateful I have been. Ya Allah, what a terrible crime I have committed. With that regret, with that remorse. Sincere istighfar. From deep down in the heart, this is the first step to tawbah. The first step to taqwa, the tawbah. And then, we now adopt these prescriptions. The prescription of remembering death, meditation of death. The prescription of this aspect of controlling our tongue. The prescription of good company. Together with avoiding the wrong company. Now we also have to fill that gap with the right things. Read the books of our Ahlullah. Akabir, listen to maybe some CD, some talk that is was delivered by some of the pious elders and don't listen to it for entertainment purposes. Unfortunately, this too becomes a problem that we listen to even bayan sometimes merely for entertainment. It's a very exciting bayan. 
now we're listening to the exciting bayan to get thrilled. After the excitement, mashallah, wah, wah, what a bayan, and that's it. We didn't even listen with the niyat of amal. That person was pouring his heart out, mashallah. But we didn't listen with the niyat of amal. We didn't listen with the niyat that I need to change my life. I need to remove the ills of... That should be the object of listening to every bayan. Every bayan, every talk of deen we listen to, that this must become an x-ray of my problems. This talk must become an x-ray of my weaknesses. And many a times it will happen. And it happens often, very often. That we will sit in some talk and we will think that the person is speaking about me. Provided that we make the knee and that my weaknesses must be come apparent to me. Whereas that person had nothing in the mind. He was blank in terms of anybody. Many a times people come up and say, you spoke about this and that in the talk. And I was feeling you were talking directly to me. I tell him, I didn't even know you were present in the talk. So where did this come from? It came from his talab. He was sincerely searching. His sincerity, Allah Ta'ala makes it come from somebody else's tongue. So somebody else is seeking, somebody's talab, somebody's genuine desire to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala will make some means to bring that message. So this must be our need to listen to every talk of Deen. That my weaknesses must become apparent to me and I must get the tawfiq of rectifying it. And I must get closer to Allah. So when we will listen to the talks of Deen, this now must fill that gap. That we get into good company by reading good literature. We make mashwara with ulama ikram and find out what is good to read. We don't just pick up anything. We listen to talks of those who we are advised to listen to. Otherwise there are many things that are on the market and some are coming from people who have very deviated beliefs. So we need to be very careful as well. So in any case we will adopt this, we will adopt the right company, the company of the pious, the Ahlullah, and this is all form of company. The good book that we will read, the good talk that we will listen to, and in this way we will get closer to Allah Ta'ala. So when this prescription will be adhered to, at least for this Mubarak month of Ramadan, Inshallah this will set the foundation for us to build on it after the Mubarak month of Ramadan. And we will then carry on going forward from there. Not that we will give up these things after Ramadan, but it will build up from there. The platform will be already in place. Now it will be easy to move forward. What happens is, many a times, we just don't have the courage to take the first step. Ramadan makes it very easy. The whole month is very conducive to taking that first step. Now that we've taken the first step, we've now put that foundation into place. Now it's very easy to start building. So let us use this time correctly. Let us now focus on this cause of taqwa. We, alhamdulillah, focus towards ibadah. But this is the cause. We must come out having studied this cause of taqwa. Having achieved this qualification of taqwa. Our report card says at the end of the month of Ramadan, this person has become muttaqi. This person has given up sin. This person has become a true servant of Allah Ta'ala. Then our Ramadan has truly been achieved. And then our Eid will be truly Eid. لَيْسَ الْعِيدُ لِمَنْ لَبِسَ الْجَدِيدِ إِنَّمَا الْعِيدُ لِمَنْ أَمِنَ مِنَ الْوَعِيدِ Shaykh Abdul Khadir Jilani, these couplets are attributed to him, that Eid in reality is not for the person who has worn new clothes. New clothes anybody can wear. New clothes to wear best clothes that one owns. On the day of Eid is Sunnah. The best that one owns, not necessarily new. And if somebody bought something new, fine, it's not no harm, provided that is also within the limits of Shariat and Sunnah. 
Otherwise, can we imagine what a great ibadat, what a great day, the day of peace, and a person is dressing in a way that is earning the wrath of Allah. A person is dressing in a way that is against the dictates of haya. That the whole fashion trend is that how that clothing can become more and more immoral. It must become tighter and shorter and more revealing. That is the sum total of it. And that is the pathway of shaitan. Shaitan wants to destroy a person. Shaitan destroys a person. Among other ways, one of the chief ways is by making the person lose haya. When haya is gone, is afatakal haya, fasna ma When haya is lost, then do what you will. There will be no conscience, no inhibitions, nothing. So this is the pathway of shaitan, to destroy the haya of a person. So this is where we have to become muttaqi as well. That we start adopting haya, we start adopting all the values of iman, and we become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala. So to just recap, that this Mubarak month, Allah Ta'ala has given us for this wealth of taqwa. That we become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala, we become muttaqi. And what is this taqwa all about? Mending our relationship with Allah Ta'ala. Developing this muhabbat, this love for Allah Ta'ala. We ask many things in the month of Ramadan, many du'as, to beg Allah Ta'ala for His love. To beg Allah Ta'ala for Him. Allahumma inni as'aluka hubbak. Ya Allah, I beg you for your love. Wa hubba may yuhibbuk. Ya Allah, the love of those who love you, the love of the righteous. So that I can be in their company and become righteous as well. Well, amal alladhi yubaldiguni hubbak. Ya Allah, the love of those a'mal that will bring me to your love. Allahumma al hubbaka ahabba ilayya min nafsi wa ahli wa min al ma'il barid. Nabi Islam is teaching us these words. Ya Allah, grant me such love, make your love more beloved to me than myself, my family, then more beloved than cold water on a hot day. person was very thirsty. And there's cold water presented to him on a hot day. And he's thirsty. What? How his heart goes to that? That is like the best thing you can give him at that time. Ya Allah, make your love more beloved than that to me. In that particular moment in time, a thirsty person, how he looks forward to that cold water. Ya Allah, you make your love more beloved to me. Allahumma al-hubbaka ahabba al-ashya'i ilayya. Ya Allah, make your love the most beloved thing to me from everything. And as one couplet, the poet says, Koi tujh se kuch, koi kuch mangta hai. Ilahi mein tujh se talab gaar tera. Ya Allah, somebody is asking you for something. Somebody is asking you for something else. Ya Allah, I am begging you for you. Ya Allah, you become mine. This is something to ask, something to beg, something to ask Allah for. And something to work towards. So this Mubarak month, this is what we have been given for. So this taqwa is to mend the relationship with Allah Ta'ala. And how are we going to acquire this taqwa? So there's many, many things, but the, among the things is three prescriptions of the Qur'an Sharif. One is that the muraqaba of death and remembering death, becoming conscious of death. This consciousness of akhirat. So to develop this, this daily to give time to this meditation of death. And sometimes some people, their heart is so weak, they can't think about death, they can't handle it. Then too we will think about death in a positive manner. Think about the bounties of Jannat. Subhanallah, what, what bounties Allah has placed in Jannat? And all these great things, the rivers of honey and milk, and the palaces of gold and silver, and all the finery of Jannat. But to get to Jannat, I will have to die a good death. I will have to die a death that Allah has pleased with.
I have to live a good life. So we still go to think of death, but through this angle, angle of Jannah. But if a person can handle it, the more appropriate thing is to think about it the way we've described. And the prescription of guarding our tongue, keeping the tongue under control, giving high focus to this. And the prescription of being in good company, forsaking and refraining from every type of bad and evil company. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala make this Mubarak month of Ramadan a month of great spiritual upliftment. Allah ta'ala make it a means of gaining this wealth of taqwa and becoming His beloved servants and He become our most beloved. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala accept one and all. Wa akhiru da'wana ni alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukur kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thanaan alayk. Anta kama asmaita ala nafsik. جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا غلبنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه معين والحمد لله